0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 162 of the Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike where we will be discussing the 11th episode of the 7th and final season of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., namely the episode A Brand New Day. So how are you Hannah this Sunday evening?
1: I'm very well. I'm ready to watch some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and get into the nitty-gritty.
0: It's the the anti-penultimate episode.
1: Yes. episode, Yes, this, is.
0: This, including this, there are three more episodes of Agents of I S.H.I.E.L.D. I know,
1: we're coming to an
0: end. I know, this has been a, uh, a, a multi-year ende- endeavour and uh, here we are near the end, but uh, assuming we get to the end, I mean this would be a really hilarious point to just decide to stop doing the podcast, wouldn't it? Oh my God. Imagine how it would, it would haunt you for the rest of your life, wouldn't yeah. it? But, uh, but no, here we are, uh, we are talking about the episode Brand New Day. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this episode, Hannah? The synopsis says,
1: With help from Cora on the inside, Sybil and Nathaniel continue their fight to shape a dark new future for S.H.I.E.L.D., managing to stay one step ahead of the agents along the way. It aired on the 5th of August
0: 2020. It aired? <laughs> it's been a while. Oh. I'm feeling nostalgic, Hannah, because we're getting to, we're getting near the near, near the end of um... The end. <laughs>
1: um it's directed by Keith Potter. Keith Potter. Potter. And written by Chris Freyer.
0: Okay. So um, two relatively um unfamiliar mm. people. It's quite late in the game, isn't it, to uh
1: indeed, indeed. have new names,
0: but uh, we will see. We'll we will remain open-minded i mean to be honest i think once you get to this point in the show um i think the story editors not to take anything away from the the writer you know of this episode um but i think they're probably getting quite heavily mandated about what the episode has at this point you know they're kind of just banging the script out yeah. Really, I guess. But, you know, there's a real skill to that as well. Um, okay, well, um, a couple of quick bits of housekeeping before we get into this. Just a reminder that we do appreciate feedback. Uh, and you can send us that in email form or voicemail form to rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can leave comments for us on our YouTube channel if that is how you consume the podcast. Uh, also, we appreciate you checking out our friend shows, namely Shinstroker versus Punter... Falling Thunder video show, his film, her movie, Film Bastards, Video Game Landfill, Talk Without Rhythm podcast, and The Good, The Bad and The Odd. So having said all of that, Hannah, do we have any feedback?
1: We do. These are both on our last episode. Jack Dubb says, I hate to be negative when it comes to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but Stolen remains one of my least favourite episodes of the show ever. And it's not really the episode's fault. According to comments made by the writers of the episode on Elizabeth Henstridge's YouTube channel back in 2020, Stolen was cursed from the start. Apparently, the person who was intended to write it, an assistant for one of the main staff writers who was being given their big break in TV, got a full-time writing job on DC's Legends of Tomorrow and so left Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to go and work there. Unfortunately, he left before he had finished a script, So a bunch of other people were drafted in at the last minute to knock what they did have into shape so that they would have something ready to be filmed. While he was professional to the last and he has never said anything negative about the episode, you can see in Clark Gregg's detached performance a rarity on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that he isn't happy with what has been put before him.
0: It's funny because I I remember when we were talking about the episode saying about how... It had two different types of and in the writing credit, Mm. um, which generally suggests that there's had to be some kind of emergency work done on something. But uh, I don't think it stuck out that much, to be honest, but I think we both felt that the episode was
1: Was functional. Yeah, very much functional. Um, We also had a comment from someone new, uh, Mr. Stevens, Okay. Fun fact, with James, we now have three generations of Paxton's being kind of related to the MCU Marvel. Uh John Paxton is the buffer in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Hard to tell if it's MCU or not at this point. Um <laughs> wow, gosh, yeah, quite that's all the Paxton's. Um, so thank you for that.
0: Yeah, awesome. That was everything. righty then. Okay, well, we are gonna hit pause. We are gonna watch uh this episode of Marvel's Agents of Shield. Uh, And then we will come back and we will tell you what we thought of a brand new day. So speak to you again very soon. (laughs) Bye-bye. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome to Film Bastards, a podcast where three friends, two of them married, and two of them podcasting life partners, chat everything from new releases, trailers, news, and an eclectic mix of other film goodies, oh, and many, many, many tangents. You can find them by searching your podcast provider, or check them out on Twitter and Instagram by searching Film Bastards. you never know, you might like it, and if you don't, well, we don't really give a And we are back. So we've just finished watching Brand New Day, the 11th episode of Season 7 of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Before we get into the breakdown, Hannah, would you like to give some general thoughts about this episode? It just made me want to watch the next one. uh, Because,
1: as predicted, everything's ramping up again Mm -hmm. to come to its amazing, splooshing climax.
0: (laughs) Beautiful choice of words there, darling.
1: <laughs> it's blue. <laughs> um, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was really good. Such a sightful sore eyes to have Fitz back in the episode, even if it is just a supposed to be like a callback memory. Having him on screen made me remember. Well, maybe realize how much I've missed him.
0: I thought it was interesting the- as well the way that they him returning wasn't a big dun-dun-dun moment. No. It almost like, because it took me a minute thinking, hang on, is this a scene we've seen before? The, I mean, Gemma's week was a bit of a giveaway, mm. but the fact that it almost, because they've been building up to finding him, Yeah, it was, I think, a nice touch to have him, the actor, return in kind of a quiet yeah, way, in much. some ways.
1: Mm. I mean, do you agree with that?
0: Yeah, oh, no, absolutely. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 totally. Um, so, I mean, because you know he's he's a big part of the show and has been since the beginning.
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, for me, it would be a bit like um, Coulson not being in an episode. I mean, obviously, Coulson is a way bigger part of it. Well, there were technically
0: there was an entire season that Coulson wasn't in.
1: Yeah, but like he, you know, um, the dynamic between Fitz and Simmons is always off when they're apart. Yeah, he brings so much to the other characters as well. You think about him with Mac, um, his relationship with Daisy, Mm. even when it's bad,
0: you know, you still want to look at it. Well, I mean, I think it was clever of them to make him feel present in the season by the fact that they're, he's kind of the McGuffin of the season Mm. in some ways. Now, I know it's not the same as actually having the character physically present, but it, it does make you feel like the character is still part of the show. Yeah, you know, and it's also quite nice that you that they got you got to have another scene of Enoch with Fitz mm. as well. You know that they actually kind of essentially brought that character back for a, a couple of scenes. Yeah, it was a, a nice touch as well.
1: I did th- when Enoch came on screen. I thought, oh, we should have asked Joel whether he filmed that before. The previous, ep- like the
0: well, no, no, they obviously didn't because they had to wait for Ian DeCastica to be back.
1: Oh, okay. right at he the end, right, okay. and they're
0: in the scene together, so it right, must have okay. been done at the end.
1: I really enjoyed it, and after last uh, the last episode being somewhat more functional, it was nice to kind of get that sense of urgency to watch the next episode again. Yeah, for me.
0: Well, I mean, you know that because I said that one of the things that I quite liked about the end of Season 6 was because it was the, really the first time since probably the first season where they knew for sure they were coming back for another season because mm. the Season 6 and 7 order happened at the same time. Yeah. It meant that Season 6 didn't have to have a kind of apocalyptic end of the world level threat. Yeah. Um, But this is the final season, so... I think one of the things – well, some of the things I liked about this episode were the character stuff ramped up a little bit as well as the plot, but also they're introducing the fact that, okay, we're near the end of the show, so you've got to have the potential end of the world. And also I like – in the
1: potential kind of summing up of the characters.
0: Yeah, yeah. but but I,
1: Which you know I love.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and, and I really like the fact that the, they made it explicit that they're on a new timeline as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that's why. And I, I think,
1: think that needed spelling yeah, out, though. Well,
0: I think that there's a, there's a functional level because they need to explain why half the people didn't disappear,
1: mm-hmm. you know. Yeah.
0: So, obviously, they branched off before the snap.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but also, um, the fact that um, it's symbolic of the show, mm. the fact that the show, as it went on, more and more – became independent and was less reliant on the MCU. So by them having their own timeline, it's almost as though they're saying that the show is kind of its own thing. Yeah. You know, so I think there's a sort of a balance there. What well, should, should we break it down? Break it down. Okay. Uh take a trip to the record store. Mm-hmm. Um so um we st- we start off by seeing what well, a reminder that the team have captured Cora. Um, and one I think I've I figured out what it is about one of the things is that I don't like about the Nathaniel and Cora storyline is one trope there's all these tropes in science fiction and like the most famous one of course is the hero's journey you know Frodo Luke Skywalker mm. and then you started to see Water. in the exactly in, in the 2000s uh, sort of and 2010s this new hero's journey which really kind of started with the MCU with Iron Man which is um, douchebag learns to not be a douchebag anymore. That's the kind of the new hero's quest. But one trope that's come up a lot, and this is a very millennial thing that always kind of grinds my gears a little bit, is the character who... The villain in Secret Invasion is one of these. The character who feels they were done dirty by the hero getting revenge... Yeah. At, there's something very kind of entitled youth about it. Sort, it's, it's, very, it's very James Bond-esque. No, no, I'm, Jamo, I'm not explaining it very like, well. It's not a revenge thing, because that's what the Bond thing is. It's more of a, you didn't love me enough. You know, it's this kind of, you know, you've promised, and it's there's it an element of me it. It's like, well, you know what? Life sucks by a helmet. You know, it's like, and, and this this feeling of like, well, things haven't gone right for me so I'm going to take it out on the world. And that's a trope. That's a relatively recent trope. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing that annoys me about it is, I think you're actually meant to feel sorry for them a little bit and sympathise. And I'm kind of like, no. No. I, 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 I've i had bad things happen to me and haven't turned into a douchebag. Um, you know, I mean, I understand empathy is yeah. important. But... Uh, <laughs> shut <laughs> up. Um, but I just wanted to mention that because I've been seeing that a lot. This kind of like, like in Secret Invasion, the idea that you know um, Nick Fury was like, oh, "I'll help you guys," but then he had to go off to space to deal with all these sort of stuff, and then they all were like, "Oh, he didn't help us," so they became radicalized and now killing loads of people.
1: But uh, like, yeah, I like I get that, and I do I do agree with you. But I also think with Korra, there's that element of have it like. To me, she's like someone who's been homeschooled her whole whole yeah. life and is is not socially adept. Yeah. So she gets the affections given to her by someone that she considers to be worldly and cool. I understand that. And, and she's kind of like – she's hanging out the red flags like bunting rather than see, taking – I, I understand
0: of, all of that, and that you know, would be fine, but – the character is clearly enjoying it. Like, there's that kind of like cocky, kind of like, huh, I'm the bad guy now. And I think that if there was an uncertainty about the way that she played that, that would work. But, but it's, and yeah, it's, I don't want to get I can't really go into more in any more detail without going, sh- betraying foreknowledge of stuff yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's going to happen. Yeah. But that is a, that this kind of, um, child who has been feels that they've been let down by a parent Mm. and therefore is justified in doing terrible things and the audience is kind of meant to sympathize trope which is a big Mm. thing at the moment is one that i kind of hope goes away yeah um because i think it's sending out a really bad message that Mm. if something bad happens to you then you are absolutely justified to do whatever the hell you want as long as
1: be a real
0: dick yeah 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 and and it's kind of like and I, I get, I, I understand causality and all that kind of stuff, and I understand empathy, but I don't know. I think it's just, it's a little bit like, you know, if you look at Catholicism, I mean, I grew up Catholic, and the idea of forgiveness is a wonderful thing, and I preach that, but um, not literally, that would be weird. Um, but at the same time, the danger of overemphasizing forgiveness is it creates a sense of no consequence? No. You know, and I think that that's it's
1: like, oh, I'll just say sorry. I'll well, just yeah, do a bad I'll, I'll, thing and say sorry, yeah. and it'll be fine.
0: Yeah, just, well, forgive me. Yeah. You know, um. so there's, there's a little yeah. bit of that. But anyway, yes. Yeah, yeah, no, so- I,
1: I do agree with that. And, you know, that comes back to the same thing like, like you say, you know, everyone has shitty things happen to them as they're younger and getting older, whatever. And at some point, you have to stop putting. Will not stop blaming those people, but basically, you have to
0: take responsibility kind of, for your own life.
1: Well, you have to move through that and go, right, okay, this is not going to define me for the rest of yeah, yeah. time.
0: Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, 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 absolutely. But um, so, yeah, so they capture Cora. Uh, Daisy kicks off at her um, and uh, quakes her against a wall. which sounds a bit pervy when I say that out loud. Um, she says she. Um, Cora says she wants to be an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. We see Nathaniel in space and uh, Deke is sneaking around on board doing his sneaky best diehard. Sneaky Sneaky deaky. <laughs> 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 oh, God. <laughs>
1: I can't help it. It was right there. I had yeah, to you
0: had to do your uh, sneaky deaky <laughs> speaky. <laughs> um, Garrett catches him. Uh, and this is where we get all the stuff about the new timeline and a uh, brand new day, but it's the title of the episode, of course. And Cora talks about she, she's getting into that sort of if you could go back in time and kill Hitler as a baby kind of.
1: Um I could turn around.
0: <laughs> um, she says like she's got 30 names of people that they could kill to make history better. Yeah. Uh, we see Malik uh, taking a tour of... Um, Simmons' memories in the attempt to uncover the, the secret of fits. Yeah. Um, they bring in Deke, uh, the sneak. <laughs> um, Sneaky Deaky has a peaky. <laughs> Um So Daisy sneaks. There's lots of sneaking in this episode. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, she sneaks off with Sousa. Uh, Mac busts her, but goes with it. And basically. I feel
1: like we're in a Dr. Susie
0: episode. No, no, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> But um, Mac talks about how, uh, well, reiterates that the only way that they're going to beat um, the villains is by being unpredictable. Yeah. By doing things that are out of character. Yeah. Uh, going against the flow. Um, so May, um, and, and it's funny because May, she's kind of like an actually useful Deanna Troy, isn't she? In some ways. like the, Like the way that they deploy her to kind of use her newly found empathy thing. And the fact yeah. that so many of the ca- of the characters now have superpowers when you consider that the show originally was about, you know, the cleanup crew for the superheroes. Very
1: much a fallible crew. Yeah. Like there was no there were no extra special powers going on. It was just a really hardcore spies, basically. Mm.
0: Absolutely. So um mm. the villains threaten Deke to get to Simmons. Um, there's some nice sort of awe of space kind of moments. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like I like the fact that they take a moment for Susan to talk about how you know, in his time, you know, space was just this kind of aspirational. The final frontier. Um, it was the final frontier. Um, so um, we see um, Cora kind of EMPs them um, and knocks yeah. the power out, um, and Sybil gets into their system, and this is where we see um, Coulson kind of um, using his Max Headroom power to uh, read the computer love that, code.
1: that a wee bit of the Marvel humour and specifically the Whedon-esque humour comes back mm. in this episode. You know, are you a, like a computer genius now? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Deadpan. Yeah. So um, Daisy and Mac have a really nice conversation about it being um, potentially their last mission. And Daisy gets a bit spooked saying that, you know, she doesn't know who she is without them. And because mm-hmm. Mac's kind of philosophical, and she's like, look, you know, you're not just work buddies. And mm-hmm. Colson asks May to use her superpower to get through to Cora. Um, and they mentioned Ward being on the list. Mm-hmm. And and what Colson says, and this is again getting back to the core of what the show's about, it says, look, people can change. Yeah. You know, you can't just, you know the the mentors that we have and all of these kind of things that set us on our path. Are part of it's not preordained, no. you know. You can't just kill this person because they are, no. it's like we're already on a new timeline, so that doesn't mean,
1: and you can't guarantee that just because you take one threat out, that the same, the exact same thing isn't going to happen. Well, it's a
0: butterfly effect or, thing, yeah. It's like yeah. You, you, the effect of that person's death may mobilize somebody else into yeah. being a worse villain. It's kind of you know, well,
1: you think about. You can't discount the years that he he might have been a sleeper agent for Hydra, but he was still working as an agent, solving yeah. solving things and and apprehending bad guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. You I know? mean, he, he may have um, you know he may have you know incidentally stopped somebody from getting hit by a car. Yeah, and that that changed history. Yeah. You know, um, so Mac talks to Sousa about Daisy and basically threatens him. Um, yeah, he
1: basically has a dead conversation with yeah.
0: him, and he's like, you and know, the uh, man the, out of
1: brother conversation. Yeah,
0: yeah, and he's like the man out of time and Quake. It's like a comic book, which is obviously yeah. uh, you know very. Uh, and it's funny that he didn't know her name was Quake, and it reminds me a little bit of how in like the DC movies they try to avoid like they call in this sort of you know the DC EU. Um, mm-hmm a lot of the superheroes don't have names don't yeah. they don't have their super superhero names because they try and make it gritty and realistic yeah and as the the flash for tv series there's a great episode of that where it's a multiverse and Ezra Miller appears as the movie flash and the tv characters like oh my god you're like a different universe's flash and Ezra Miller's like Look, it's a flash <laughs> you know because in because it's just not called that in the yeah, movies yeah. you know even though the movie's called the flash
1: i like the fact that that he takes a piss out of daisy because up until now he's like he's always been the one on the back foot you know he's not up with the play on he's in awe time, of everything the time frame and the technology and all that kind yeah. of stuff so for him to kind of be able to kind of Gently rib her mm. about the name and, and sort of...
0: Sort of gentle ribbing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> gentle for
0: her. Bit, um, um,
1: yeah. I, I just thought it was nice. It was kind of a like a balancing of power there. Yeah. Rather than one person being more dominant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Having more hand, as George Costanza would say. Yes. And um, so we see Enoch and uh, Fitz and Simmons, which is the... He
1: basically had a pinkish hue. Yes.
0: Um, so, this is the scene where it's a flashback of stuff we've never seen. So, it's new footage, but yep. it's meant to be them hatching their plan. Mm. Um, and Fitz says that they could take some time to just live. Uh, and this is the... Uh, well, actually, I'll get to that shortly. Cora tries to heal her mum when May shows her and basically tells her that you know Nathaniel killed her and attempting to win her back. Mm. And this is a really Buffy moment, is all of the... Simmons having to forget, and she's like, "I don't want to forget That is so like that episode of Buffy where yeah. they have to, uh, well, turn back time. <laughs> There's no other way of saying it. it. And it's also corrected it as well. I've got Simmons has to forget, like Buddy and Angel, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Buddy the Vampire Slayer, and then we see her say, "Who's fits, So she's obviously gone at other other, other level.
1: Have overcorrected. Yes,
0: uh, they have overcorrected, and it, it's funny because when you see May trying to reason with. Cora, it definitely does feel like someone trying to talk someone out of a cult, Mm. you know, but at this point, um, we see Cora get sprung, um, by, um, old young Paxton.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, we see a fleet of ships appear. I I noticed that one of the actresses is the chick from the Mandalorian.
1: Yeah. And Quantumania,
0: um, Katie O'Brien. And then we see them attacking shield from space, um, in the final scene. So, uh, any final thoughts, Hannah, before we wrap up and get prepare ourselves for the penultimate episode?
1: I'm just so ready for the next two episodes. I think they're going to be absolute belters. Mm,
0: I know. I know. We're getting near the end. It's incredible. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. Um, it's the. I suspect that the final two episodes are going to feel like one long. Like um, a movie length. Yeah, yeah. Sort of chopped yeah. down the middle. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into it. Um, a couple of quick things before we go little bit of uh, last minute housekeeping uh, just a reminder that we enjoy feedback at rewatchprojectpodcast at Yeah, super Sofa, we wish your feedback
1: yeah, um, oh my oh. gosh yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Um, and, do um, I don't know what you're going to say <laughs> and um, you can also leave us comments on YouTube and check out our friend shows on Apple Podcasts and iTunes uh, and Spotify reviews are all appreciated so please do those things and we will see you soon goodbye bye